0: Amen. Hallelujah. You may take your seats. God is good. And all the time. God is good. Praise the Lord. It's such, a great, uh, it's such a great day to be in the house of God because I always love a rainy day. I always love a day that rains because it always reminds me of a fresh wind that God blows uh, through this place. But today is also a great day and an exciting day because we've got somebody very exciting to come and bring the Word of God to us. He comes all the way from SIB Skyline. He's been a friend. He's been a friend for quite a while. Right, he's the executive pastor of SIB Skyline. He's the youth pastor of SIB Skyline. And I just I just found out that he's a Warriors fan, Golden State Warriors fan. If you're a basketball person in this place, you would know, I 100% bet he rolled on the Steph Curry craze, I think, I think. Okay, yes, yes. Oh, don't worry, me too. It's okay, me too. Uh, but more than that, um, he's, he's been a friend. He's a good friend from all the way from Sabah. Um, he's married to one wife, uh, her name is Carmen. Uh, and, and he's just recently a father of a nine-month-old baby girl, Grace. Um, So would you give a warm SIVKL welcome to our dear friend, Pastor Joshua. Come on, brother. Preach it. Give us all you got, man. Come on.
1: Well, thank you so much, Pastor Isaac. It's great to be here in SIVKL. Thank you for the warm welcome, guys. Um, Yes, I am a Warriors fan, and yes, I was rejoicing just now because they won against Sacramento Kings. And uh, yeah, I see some blank faces, but I see some enthusiastic faces as well. So you and I are going to be fast friends, we're going to be great. Um, So uh, thank you once again uh, to Pastor Chu and Pastor Li Chu as well. Uh, You know, it's truly a joy and a privilege and an honor to be able to uh, share the Word of God with you guys today and uh, I think the last time I came around it was I think a year uh, almost exactly a year ago uh, since I last came and uh, every time I come back to to SIBKL you know it feels a little bit like home uh, because of the people here because of the spirit and the DNA in this church this is a great church somebody say amen and uh, you guys are really blessed to have wonderful pastors, the care uh, over here. And, uh, you know, that was a wonderful presence of God, even during the worship. Uh, they're all gone now, but would you give a big hand to uh, the worship as well? Thank you for just ushering us into God's presence. And, uh, you know, I bring greetings from uh, Skyline all the way back in, in Kodakinabalu Saba. Uh, tomorrow, my senior pastor, Pastor Philip, will be uh, preaching at a Sunday service. Um, and uh, I bring greetings as well from uh, my family. So, uh, you heard a little bit about my family. This is my family. That's my beautiful wife and uh, my, my my daughter, Grace. Uh, today, she's eight months old. And uh, so, cute little thing. She's she's starting to to uh, say some one-word syllabus kind of thing. And so, I'm really proud to say that she said dada before mama, hallelujah. But that's, of course, according to my version, lah, if you ask me. Um, but it comes with its downsides as well, you know, because apparently uh, daddy is uh, responsible and at fault for everything. Nowadays, you know, when she gets irritated and uh, frustrated, she goes da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. You know? So daddy is at fault for everything. So maybe, maybe there's some truth in that. But uh, anyway, that's, that's my family and um, today, Today, I, I just uh, feel that God has placed in my heart to really talk about this whole area of blessing. And uh, just a show of hands, you know, so, so I, I understand the room a little bit. Um, how many of you would like to see God's blessing in your life? Can I have a show of hands? Yeah, even all the way in the top as well. Can you wave at me? Yeah, we haven't forgotten you. Right, in Jesus' name, Lord, we pray showers, of blessing upon each and every heart lord just begin to bless lord because your favor is upon them and lord father as we open up your word today truly we pray that it would be life to us lord it will be rhema for us that as we receive your word there will be transformation and breakthrough and there will be blessing we give you glory in jesus name we pray Amen. amen amen Right, you know, when we talk about blessing, this is not an uncommon uh, word, you know, we use it in church, we use it outside of church as well. You just need to look at social media, you know, uh, out there, they know how to use it. Uh, Hashtag label, for instance, blessed, right? Uh, Whether it is um, a university, scholarship, hashtag blessed whether it is, uh, you know, an unexpected promotion or a raise, hashtag blessed, whether it is a family gathering around events like Chinese New Year or Christmas, wonderful food around a meal, hashtag blessed, hashtag grateful, hashtag better than yours. I'm just kidding about the last part. Uh, It can be a little bit, just a tiny bit sometimes, a little bit of a humble brag. You know what I mean? Um, and of course, you know, within the family of God, we, we, we say we are blessed, especially when, because we want to uh, give praise and credit to God, right? Uh, more and more, you'll see um, uh, Christian influences or, or, you know, whether it's athletes or whatnot, when they receive awards and all that, they, they start to say very vocally, uh, you know, I want to thank God, you know, I'm blessed with so-and-so with this gift and whatnot. And so, there's nothing wrong with that. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. I'm saying that, you know, it's great that we praise God, we give credit and do uh, praise to God, but is blessing all that? Is blessing just about the good things that we either work towards or receive unexpectedly in our lives? I mean, what about the seasons and times of our lives when nothing good seems to be happening? What about the times that where we have to go through pain and suffering and disappointment and we're saying like, God, what is the point? Why are we going through this? And so that's why the title of my message today is probably not the most positive, I suppose. But I believe that God wants to begin to remind us of the blessing beyond the blessing, that there is a deeper blessing in the hills and the valleys of our lives. And so that's why the title today is actually called The Blessing in the Breaking. And uh, I want to bring us to a passage of Scripture in Genesis 32, which is a defining moment in Jacob's life. Now, um, I, I hear and I'm told that this is a young service. Uh, turn to your neighbor and say, you look young to me. You look young to me. Amen. Whether it's young in appearance, young at heart, you know, this is a young crowd. And that means that this crowd is passionate for the Lord. This crowd is hungry for the Word. And this crowd is loud. Amen. (laughs) All right, so we're gonna read the Word of God together. And so that's my expectations. You've just confirmed it. We're gonna read His Word and it's gonna be so loud that all seven floors is gonna hear it and they know that they're young, passionate, and hungry people in God's houses, amen? All right, so uh, we're gonna read this and I'm just gonna get out of the way a little bit so they can just see. Um, Ready, one, two, go. Then Jacob sent messengers ahead to his brother Esau, who was living in the region of Seir in the land of Edom. He told them, give this message to my master Esau. Humble greetings from your servant Jacob. Let me pause here. And so the messengers go out, they come back, and said message received, Esau is coming. But he's not coming alone. He's coming with an army of 400 And Jacob, hearing this news, is terrified. He spins into motion, like breaks up his camp into different groups so they can scatter, you know, they get attacked and whatnot. And uh, he goes and prays to God. And we're going to read this prayer out loud together. And let me show this on the screen. Um, And I think I missed a slide somewhere. Yes, uh, this is part of the prayer. Uh, Basically, Jacob says, you know, God, uh, you know, I, I, let me read it out for you because I think I missed out a slide over here. Uh, it says, Jacob prayed, O God of my grandfather Abraham and God of my father Isaac, you told me, return to your own land and to your relatives. And you promised me I will treat you kindly. I am not worthy of all the unfailing love and faithfulness you have shown to me, your servant. Uh, and then it says uh, this, That when I left home and crossed the Jordan River, I owned nothing except a walking stick. Now my household fills two large camps. Oh Lord, please rescue me from the hand of my brother Esau. I'm afraid that he's coming to attack me along with my wives and children. But you promised me I will treat you kindly and I will multiply your descendants until they become as numerous as the sands along the seashore to many to count. That's it. So, three things to note here up to this point, and we'll finish the rest of uh, chapter 32, all right? The first thing is that Jacob has prospered. We, we, We see this, right? He tells this to Esau. He says this in his prayer. I left with nothing except my walking stick, and now My family fills two large camps. I've man servants, I've maidservants, I've sheep, goat, cattle, the whole works. God has blessed him. He's been successful. But the second thing we note is that Jacob is now called to return home. And God gives him a command in the previous chapter to return to the land of your father. And that's why Jacob is here. Otherwise, you know, he could be anywhere in the land surrounding, basically. But he chooses to return home. Now, the third thing is that you, you probably would have noticed from this context that Jacob and Esau have issues. Well, that's, that's actually a bit of an understatement. Uh, the the battler between them goes way beyond that. This is a statement from Esau after Jacob steals his blessing as a firstborn. And he says, I will soon be mourning my father's death, and then I will kill my brother Jacob issues now you know why jacob is terrified when he hears that esau is coming with 400 men now let's pick up this story once more in the chapter as we read this last portion together okay so jacob sends away his family across the river and now he is alone and this is what happened let's read together one loud voice one two three This left Jacob all alone in the camp, and a man came and wrestled with him until the dawn began to break. When the man saw that he would not win the match, he touched Jacob's hip and wrenched it out of his socket. Then the man said, let me go for the dawn is breaking. But Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. What is your name? the man asked. He replied, Jacob, your name will no longer be Jacob, the man told him. This last portion, let's read loud. From now on, you will be called Israel because you have fought with God and with men and have won. Please tell me your name, Jacob said. Why do you want to know my name? The man replied. And uh, let's continue. Then he blessed Jacob there. Jacob named the place Peniel which means face of God, for he said, I have seen God face to face, yet my life has been spared. The sun was rising as Jacob left Peniel, and he was limping because of the injury to his hip. How do we experience God's blessing in both the hills and the valleys of our life? I believe that there are three things. we can learn from this defining moment in jacob's life and i've put them under these three headings it is this blessing in the suffering blessing in the surrender and blessing in the savior firstly let's let's look at each each one of them one by one firstly blessing in the suffering now when we read genesis 32 this is is probably the first instance where we see Jacob actually starting to do things right. He's on the right track here. It's probably the first time that we see him doing things more God's way than His way. And let me just give you two things uh, to to, to note on, on why I say this, okay? Now, the first thing that we need to note is Jacob's obedience. Why is he there? We already know that he was following God's command to return to his homeland, right? But beyond that, what do we see? When he hears that Jacob is coming with an army of 400 men, I mean, one of the things he could have done was scatter and run, right? But he stays. In other words, his obedience was resolute to the point that he was willing to risk his life in order to obey the command of God. He was willing now to come and confront his past. Whatever it was in the past that he did, stealing Esau's birthright, he's now saying, God, all right, you know, I've been running for long enough. I'm going to obey you, and I'm going to face my past so that I can walk with confidence in the future that you've called me, whatever you've promised me. He is obedient. And so we see a a hint of that. You see, he's going in the right direction. That's the first thing. The second thing we note is Jacob's maturing faith. Why do I say this? see, if you follow Jacob's story, the first, uh, you know, when God meets him at Bethel, for instance, uh, and this is the conversation, this is a prayer that happens between God and and Jacob. You you just see the difference, all right, between the two. I put it up here. For instance, when he, he first meets God at Bethel, he says, if God will indeed be with me, if God will protect me, if God will provide for me, then, then. God, you will be my God. God, you will be my God. And, and that's so much like our own journey, right, as Christians, when we grow in, in our own faith, isn't that right, you know? When we come to God, you know, we're new in the faith. Sometimes we come with with a laundry list of things, a Christmas list of, like, God, can you give me this? This, A, B, C, D, uh, E, F, G. Um, maybe throw in something else, too, as a bonus. That would be really nice. Christmas is just around the corner. And so, you know, we're thinking of, uh, I don't know, new phones, or new car, or new house, or whatever. Um, and and it's, it's like that. When we're new in our faith. We come to God and it's like, God, will you please provide for me in this area? And it's normal. But probably we might go a step further beyond that as we begin to grow in our faith, right? And it becomes a little bit like like a negotiation sometimes, a little bit like how Jacob prays. It's like, God, will you please help me to pass my exams because, you know, I've been kind of busy (coughs) with… important stuff and I didn't get to study enough you know and so uh, will you please uh, bail me out uh, just just to help me to pass this this one time God just one time and I promise I will do my devotions every single day without fail if you would just help me pass I don't know how many of you have prayed prayers like that before I have I certainly have you know in different points in my life and uh, don't ask me whether I followed through on some of these promises but this you see that's how Jacob starts this, this is part of his character, he's negotiating here. You see, that's a tit-for-tat kind of relationship. But look at this prayer here that we just read. What do we see? We see a maturing of this. This is a great prayer. This is a prayer in a posture of, of humility, right? It says, God, I, I'm unworthy. He's seen the hand of God in his life. He knows what he's done in the past. He says, God, I'm unworthy, and yet you've been faithful you have shown your unfailing love. God, look, I, I'm here because I, I'm trying to be obedient to you. You see, his prayer even rests on God's promise. This is a great prayer. It's a maturing faith that we begin to see. This is the first instance we see Jacob turning the corner, right? But, but, now from all you, you, we, we know and expect, you know, what, what would you think is the response? of prayer to somebody who is obedient to the Lord, resolute to the point of risking their life for God, you know, and, uh, and, and maturing in their faith, posture of humility, resting on God's promises. What do you think God's response should be like? What's our expectation? Well, I'll tell you what happened. God clobbers him. <laughs> That's what happens. A man comes and God wrestles with him. God gives a divine takedown of Jacob. He maims him for life. He walks away from this encounter with a limp. Is that what we expect, you know, when you're walking with God in obedience and, and you know, being in faith and resting on His promises? You know, half the time I believe we as Christians, sometimes that's, that's what we were expect, you know. God, surely you must answer my prayer, right? Surely. I mean, I'm doing all the right things. How many of you have been in situations where, you know, you're doing the right things, you're going to church, you're attending every prayer meeting, you know what? You, you are giving your best, you're serving, you're walking in obedience to God, and yet things can go from bad to worse. Come on, this is real stuff that the Bible is showing us. It happens. And God does that. So, how do we begin to reconcile these kinds of things happening in our life? When, when you say, like, God, did I hear you correctly? You know, God, like, is this really what you want me to do? Or, or, or maybe, like, you know, there's, there's something I'm, I'm not doing right here. John uh, 11 uh, gives us a little bit of. of I guess, a, a, a tension that we need to hold as, as Christians. And this really gives us a, a, a glimpse into God's heart for us. And, I, I, and, and John 11 is, is about Jesus and, uh, and Lazarus. Some of you know the story. Basically, uh, to, just, just to summarize a little bit, Jesus at the tomb of Lazarus. Lazarus has died, and he comes to Mary and Martha. And, uh, and you know what? Jesus is God, right? He, he knows. He knows he's going to raise Lazarus from the dead. He knows that he's going to do a, a huge miracle here and God's going to be glorified. And yet, what is it that we read in John 11 as Jesus comes and approaches, you know, Mary and Martha and the people there. You know, it says that, that he was greatly disturbed. He was greatly disturbed as what was happening. There was anger. He uses that word angry. He was angry at what was happening. He weeps. Together with them, and so you see here, it gives us attention, right, and a glimpse into God's heart. God will, He can, and will use our suffering for His glory, but He's never detached from it. He's never remote from it. He's not sitting on the throne somewhere and is like, "Yep, you know, just, just, just go through it, you know. Uh, 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 it'll be okay, you know." No. The Bible says that He's our ever-present help in times of need, ever-present. He never leaves, He never forsakes us, He is present. So whatever valley, whatever challenge you're going through right now, you know what? I pray that you will know His presence in your life, whether it is a bad breakup or a family breakdown, whether it's a financial or or a health kind of a crisis. You know, the first thing that God wants us to begin to know today that He is with you in that challenge, in that value, whatever it is that you're facing. He's present in our suffering. Just like He was with Jacob. Huh? Just like He was with Jacob. You see, when did Jacob realize it was God that he was wrestling with? He didn't realize this at the beginning. Because it just says a stranger came and wrestled him. If you you read um, the the commentators, uh, most of them would agree it's at this point here. Verse 25. Why? Because that word touched his hip. Can be translated as lightly touched. Just a touch, the merest of touch, and his hip was dislocated, it was wrenched out of his socket. See, Jacob up to that point, he was wrestling with this stranger the entire night. He probably thought, you know what? I, if I just hang on long enough, I'll be able to gain the upper hand. And this is a battle of wills, this is a battle of stamina. We are equally matched in terms of strength. I just, I just need to wait for that one moment of weakness and I can gain the upper hand. But at that one touch, Jacob begins to realize, oh no, 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 no. I am horribly wrong. <laughs> I, I could never win. I, this, this person is a person with divine power. He could incinerate me in a second. At the merest touch, his hip was dislocated. See, here's the point, here's the point. The revelation of God when it came to Jacob, where did it come? It came in Jacob's moment of pain of weakness, or suffering. That was the point where he realized the person he was wrestling with was God. Let me tell you um, a, a story of a, of a lady called Sharon Lim. Uh, you know, you can read the full story in, in, in Salt and Lime magazine. But I came across this her, her story some time ago. And her story started off as a, as a young entrepreneur, about in the 20s, okay? And she struck gold. Uh, it, figuratively speaking, she took a Singapore franchise of barbecue meat, dried meat, dried pork, and brought it to Indonesia. Her friends were all saying like, you know, what? You're bringing pork to a Muslim country? Uh, but she did it anyway, and it was a smashing success, all right? they In one month, they shipped... Uh, sold two tons of dried meat, beef, chicken, pork, you name it, all of it. And so much so, she thought, you know what, I'm going to expand. She wanted to increase her inventory and that required money, that required capital, but she wanted to expand. She said, "This, there's something here. And so she went to her suppliers and they said like, look, we'll give you six months worth of credit. That should be enough to get you uh, going. But that was not enough for her. She was ambitious, right? She was young, ambitious, and you know, like strike while the iron's hot. She went to the banks and got another six months uh, uh, worth of loan. And so off she went, uh, doubled the amount of stores that she had in, in Jakarta. Things were going well for six months. Exactly after six months, this is what happened. Those of you who remember 1997, the Asian financial crisis, okay? Overnight, her dream became a nightmare. Why? Because what happened? The economy just plunged, especially in Indonesia. You know what? Overnight when she woke up, all the, the, the holdings, the capital, money, whatever she had is now 20% of the original value. She is now saddled with debt left and right. You must understand, all her loans and all money came from Singapore. Singapore's currency is still stable, but Indonesia, on the other hand, was plunged into chaos, you know. At that time, I don't know whether you remember, they were like bomb threats and stuff like that. It was very unstable. Prices of commodities were, were soaring high. And to top it all off, the, the friends she thought she had all abandoned her. I don't know what a uh, 20-year-old, uh, 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 if you're 20 over here, probably you can imagine the kind of stress, kind of pressure, Uh, you know, saddled with that, abandoned by friends, left in a a hostile, uh, you know, unstable country um, at your mid-20s. It was crushing, absolutely crushing for her. She thought literally, this is, my life is over. There's no way I'm getting out of this. But it was in a darkest moment when she thought truly her life was over. She tells in her story, this was the period where she heard God for the first time. say, so it was God's voice telling me that He would get me through it and that He was there with her. I started a long process of, of, of bit by bit, you know, just coming out of that pit of despair. But eventually, you know, God gave her courage to go before her suppliers and, and He gave favor. You know, they, they decided to peg the amount, you know, the currency was, was still fluctuating like crazy, but they pegged the amount that she owed and she began to work her way back, you know, just paying debts after debts, just paying, working hard, whatever job she could find. Eventually, you know, she got a, a job at Tommy Hilfinger in Panama. The business uh, flourished, it went well, and uh, she managed to clear her debts. Today, she is a co founder of this uh, fashion wear design platform called uh, BrowseWare. Um, I don't know whether you know it, but that's a story. You see, where's the point of revelation? Where God can meet us sometimes in in the darkest, most desperate places, He's there. He's there. God's presence is there. And so I pray for each and every one of us that if, if you're going through a tough time right now, that your spiritual eyes will begin to be opened to see God's presence and His hand in your life that has been there every step of the way, leading you even to this moment, and that He will lead you beyond it, that you will know His heart for you, that He will never let you go. He's present. There was a revelation of God in the darkest moments. But here's the second thing about Jacob's encounter with God, right? He walked away from that encounter With a limp. Remember? He walked away from that encounter with a limp. And it's the same for us. You know, sometimes we need to go through difficult times, time of pain, times of suffering, and and we have scars. We have scars. If you live long enough, you will have scars in your life, in your own faith journey. They will be difficult times, but I want to encourage you. You know what? Go through it with God, because when you emerge from it, you will bear grace wounds. These are grace scars. Why is that? Why is that? Because these are reminders that God is not finished with you yet. God is not done with you yet the fact that He's leading you through it. So don't don't shrink back because of fear, but start to move forward in faith, guys, today. I want to tell you this, that God is not only present, but He will bring you through the other side. And just like Jacob, you will come out with a grace limb and say, God, let me through it. He has a plan for my life and He is not done with me yet. He's leading us to a place of deeper intimacy. He's leading us to a place of deeper trust and deeper faith and deeper blessing in Him as blessing in the suffering. Won't you turn to somebody around you, encourage them and say, God's not done with you yet. He's not done with you That not by a long shot. Today, even if you feel the absence of God in your life and you're in a dry place spiritually and you're seeking, I want you to know that that is God working in your life to bring a greater awareness because He's pulling you, He's drawing you towards Him today, and He wants to speak to you on a level of intimacy that you've never experienced before. Even His absence is a sign of His presence working in your heart. He's not done with you yet. There is blessing in the suffering. And that's the first thing. There's blessing in the suffering. And secondly, there's blessing in the surrender. You see, there are two things, the two major things about jacob's life two themes you, you you will see number one is it's it's about grabbing <laughs> i i i don't mean like the car grabbing okay or, or <laughs> his his name literally means heel grabber right you know he was twins with his brother esau esau came out first and then you know he's he's found grabbing the heel of his brother coming away out i mean that's 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 a nice way to hitch a ride i suppose coming out Um, But that's the theme of his life, supplanter, deceiver, you know, in in our terms today, I I guess you would see Jacob as a very self-made man, a a go-getter, you know. He sees what he wants, he gets what he wants, and especially in the whole area of blessing. That's the second theme you will see in his life. You know what? He swindled Esau's birthright, taking advantage of the fact that Esau was starving. He downright steals uh, uh, Esau's blessing as the firstborn. You see, this guy—he will do whatever it takes to take the blessing that he feels is deserved to him. He's a goal getter. He even got the girl, right, Rachel, the beautiful one. You know, nothing's going to stand in my way, and he got all these things. He was successful. He got all of it, but at what cost? There was also tremendous pain and conflict especially when he came to his own family. He strived, he swindled, he cheated, he lied his way. But there was a cost to it. it. But in his encounter with God, that is where he finally finds the blessing that he's been searching and craving for his entire life. How do I know this? It's right there. It says it right there. Verse 26, verse 25, revelation of God, verse 26, I will not let go until you bless me. I will not let go, despite the tremendous pain he would have been in from a dislocated hip. Despite the fact that, you see, there's a hint for us here. In the passage, right? It's the stranger tells him, Look, daybreak is coming. You must let me go. What is the implication here? You see, no one can see the face of God and live in the dark of the night. God's face was, 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 was covered, it was, it was, it, he could not see, and so in the, in the light of day, he says, no one can see God, and so you must let me go. The implication here is that when daybreak comes and you're still holding on to me, you will perish. And yet Jacob says, I will not let you go, God. I will not let you go, you, you are the one that I've been searching for, you are the blessing." I will not let you. It doesn't matter that I may lose my life. It has been you. It's you. He says, I will not let go. When he came into this wrestling match, he was wrestling to gain the upper hand. But now he's he's wrestling to hang on to God, to hold on for dear life. Because it's God. It's God that he's always been missing. In his own life? What, what, what is it we hunger after? What is it that, that we pursue after in our lives, you know? Is it the blessing? Or is it the source of all blessing? No, is, is, is God just peripheral to our lives? Supplementary to our lives? You see, a, a lot of us, you know, if you think about it, we can be a little bit like Jacob. We have in our minds, right, the kind of blessing that, that we want and need in our lives. Now, whether it is, it is a particular person, whether it is a perfect boyfriend or a girlfriend or perfect husband or wife, some of us maybe have lists of the kind of attributes that we want. Maybe it is, uh, you know, a particular university that you're applying to, your first choice or, or you know, your, your, your first choice in terms of what you want to study. And we get so disappointed, right? when we don't get it and, and and we're just like Jacob sometimes we bring this to God, trying to negotiate, trying to get God to put his stamp on approval towards blessings that we feel our lives should have. You know, for me, it was the blessing of a, of a dream job. Uh, you know I, I studied in New Zealand and and, and coming out of university I I had a particular, you know, kind of job in mind. I, I had this grand plan of, of having overseas experience before coming back. I knew I wanted to come back, but, you know, uh, I, I know the situation here is like, oh, okay, you know, um, and, and so I want to come back, you know, overseas experience. Wow, sounds very grand, right? And then, uh, you know, command a better salary and get ahead of the crowd. So, yeah, maybe God, I'm going to stay overseas for a while, two, three years. And so I started applying and very spiritual so on, you know. Be specific with your prayers, right? So I said, God, I I want a job right here in Christchurch, where I was in New Zealand, Um, and uh, because I don't want to go anywhere else, this this is the place. Actually, it's just me liking the place, like I don't want to go out of my comfort zone, right? And uh, and so off I go, you know, applying jobs uh, in this whole area of software. That's that's the field that I was in, software engineering and. and I, I came, a few jobs came close, one, one in particular, you know, I thought, wow, this must be it. I had a conversation with the owner and it was like, yeah, I think you're a great fit and all that. It's like, yes, God, this is it, this is it. And then he says like, oh, by the way, um, i'm uh, this uh, we i'm a christian and uh, you know we try and practice christian values in this company i thought wow this one win leo Allah. it's like this is the testimony you know oh, i can imagine it already how god led me to this job you know what oh guess what nah closed the deal they thought they would have it fell through no opening for me long story short uh, fruitless job search came back to KK I felt like I was settling I took the first job that I could find and uh, that's where I started off my KL counterparts you know they were doing much better but hey silver lining KK the place I love a church I love you know life is still good la stay la it's okay you know uh, one year two year three years uh, in the meantime I'm still looking right I'm still looking opportunities here there Um, and uh, i still got my kind of bar and standard uh, of income and living Uh, don't get me wrong okay this was a great job i was getting i was i was being promoted i got raises and all that but still not enough so i was freelancing on the side you know working day night that kind of thing um years rolled on now year six year six you've been in the first company you ever worked in year six already yeah Um, I thought, surely, God, must be time to go. Must be time to go already. I mean, like, what person stays in a company, their first company, for six years? I mean, like, all my friends that I started off with in the same company, they've left already. I kid you not, one of them uh, went from software developer to planting chili (laughs) paddy. Talk about change of profession. Got a government grant, and yeah, he went up. Some went to start their own companies and whatnot. Like, God, I... One person, cooling, over here, do what? Leh? Um, so I thought, must be, must be time. God spoke super clearly in His Word, said, stay. Like, okay, law? What are you going to do, right? When God tells you, like, stay, law. <laughs> right? So, stay, la, It was difficult. But only then did I begin to. I, I'm a slow learner, like, guys. You know, only then I started to, to surrender my idea of a, of a dream job. Another two years down the line, before I finally feel the peace of God said, "Okay, can leave now. So all right. Search lah. First thing I think of is a friend who who owns his own uh, company. Maybe I should text him. I was texting him. I was still composing my message when his message comes in says you want to go yam Cha or not and uh okay fine we go yam Cha, right so never send out a message and uh turns out you know we, we he he talked about his company you know where we're, what phase we're in we're expanding you want a job ah? what are you gonna say yes la, of course yes <laughs> thank god <laughs> yes save me now you know i know i mean I mean, rest is, is history. Uh, I, I began the process of transition, you know, friends that I, I didn't have up to that point. Flexibility, that's another different story. Uh, uh, career-wise, um, you know, it, it opened up different things. But you see, it was only when I began to surrender my version of the blessing for my life that God began to give me His blessing. And so I think that's the picture for us today. See, God wants to bless us. I mean, that's in the Scripture. He wants to bless us, but we can't receive His blessing with closed fists. His blessing is given. It is not grabbed. As long as we are grabbing, our fists are closed. We can't even receive what God truly wants to begin to give us. Let me put it this way. Okay? It is when you begin to surrender, that's when you will experience the victory of God. Why do I say this? Look, this is the astounding part about Jacob's story, all right? Look at this, Jacob finally finds the blessing and, uh, and, and uh, he, he, he lets go, right? He lets go of his own blessing, he hangs on to God. And what does God say next? You win you win. All this while he's trying to win, you understand? The moment he surrenders, God says, you win. You have fought with God and with man and have won. Only in God will you get victory in surrender. Only in God will you get victory in surrender. Friends, pursue God. Chase after God. Don't make him supplementary to all the dreams and the goals that you have. Chase after God. Make him the main meal. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. All these things will be added to you. See, it's not a negotiation tit for tat kind of thing, it's a question of priority. Who are you hungry for? It's given. It's not grabbed. And you will find victory in surrender. You see, there's blessing in the suffering, there's blessing in the surrender, and finally, there's blessing in the Savior. Here's a question, right? How is it that Jacob won? You may think, like, obviously, he's God right? But look carefully at the verse. What does it say? It say, when the man saw he would not win the match. This was before he touched. How is it that Jacob won? And how is it that God lost? There's only one possibility. And that is this. God made himself weak. God brought himself down to Jacob's level. He made himself mortal. That's the only way Jacob could have won. See, why did God do that? If God won, what would it mean for Jacob? Hangos incinerated. I mean, this is a guy with so many different kinds of failings, you know, you, we know his past. It's a checkered past. You know, he swindles, he cheats, he lies morally. He has he's failed on all different accounts. Does he deserve to be judged? Yes, absolutely. He only gets a blow and God pronounced him winner. See God, what was God really after? He wasn't, he lost in order to win Jacob's heart. He was really after a transformed heart. God lost so that He could get Jacob's heart, Jacob's devotion, Jacob's servitude. You read this chapter before this, it was always God of my father Isaac, God of my, my, my grandfather. After this, it's, it's my God. My God. See, where in the Bible do we see the greatest expression of God winning through losing? of the God triumphing through defeat, it is on the cross. That's the greatest expression of God losing and winning. When Jesus went to the cross out of obedience to His heavenly Father, going to the cross despite all He needed to to, to face, in obedience, He held on despite The pain He went through, despite the suffering that He would have to go through, despite, uh, you know, the brutality, despite the torture, despite the ultimate pain of seeing His Father turn His back, He held on. He held on until we could receive the blessing even though we were undeserving even though we were unworthy even though we failed on every single account he held on so that we could have the blessing of a relationship with the heavenly father the blessing of eternal life the blessing so he became a curse for us he took the full weight of God's judgment upon himself. You see, Jacob only got a blow that left him with a new name, a new identity, a blessing, and a limp. Jesus took the full weight of God's punishment, judgment, and wrath that was meant for every single one of us so that we could now walk into the future with a new name, with a new identity in Christ, and to walk with a gracious, victorious limp a mark of Christ upon our heart that says God's not done with me. God has a plan and a purpose for my life. God has a destiny for me to walk into. And My God is good. Why did Jesus do this? So that he could win our hearts. He could win your heart. He could win my heart. What would you say to a savior like that friends today i don't know what kind of situation that you may be walking through right now maybe you've been wrestling with god maybe you've you've, you've asked yourself so many times why why does it have to be like this why does it have to be so hard why can't things be easier no whatever reason that you've been thinking of i can tell you this one thing that it's never because god does not love you It will never be because of that. Because He showed His love, His ultimate love for us on the cross. He did it so He could have our hearts. And so, hang on. Hold on to Jesus above all. Hold on to Him. Be like Jacob. Hold on and say, I will not let go. Jesus, because you are the blessing beyond all blessings as long as i have you i have everything can we bow our heads and close our eyes right now thank you jesus before we go on i want to make uh, a, a call today for anyone who may be sitting here and, and, you know, maybe you've been away from God. Maybe you've asked the same questions, you know, that we've been talking about and you're, you're right at the edge of walking away perhaps. Or today, you know, maybe you were brought by a friend, maybe you're sauntered in, maybe, maybe you've come a few times and maybe nobody knows this, but you have never given your heart to Jesus. You've just been observing, And you've been checking things out but today you hear God speaking to you and you know that this is your time this is your time to open your hands to receive the grace of God in your life to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior this moment is sacred and he's speaking to you right now there's no looking around because this is a personal moment he's speaking to you every head is bowed and every eye is closed if that's you today I want to give you an opportunity I'm going to count it free in a moment and I want you to just raise your hands as an indication not to me but to Jesus and it will be my privilege and joy to lead you in a very simple prayer to begin to give your life to Jesus so right now every head is bowed every eye is closed if that's you You want to come to Jesus and give your life to Him. Whether you've never done it before or you've been away from Him and today is a day that you want to come back. At the count of three, you raise your hand and I will see it, I will acknowledge it. And in a moment, we're going to pray together. Ready? One, two, three. Just raise your hands. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Just just raise your hand up high once more. I will see it. Thank you, brother, right here in front. You can put it down. God bless you. He's with you right now. It's touching your heart. Begin to proclaim God's future in your life. Today, you're walking in the destiny of God. Thank you, Jesus. Is there anybody that wants to join my brother? Right there. Just raise your hand and I will see it. There's one right there in the back. Two hands raised, I see it. You can put your hands down. Thank you. I begin to speak, Lord. Today, there is a mark of God's grace in your life. There's healing and restoration that begins to come. He is meeting you right where you are right now. Thank you, Jesus. Is there anybody else? Right there on the top as well. I'm looking at the balcony. Is that sister right there? You're raising your hands. Could you just lift it up high, the one sitting at the corner, if that's you? Right there. Yes, I see that hand right there on the balcony. Thank you. Jesus is touching your life right now. He's spoken to you. Something specific. He's answering you right now. You've been asking the question, why as well? Saying, yes, I'm with you. I am with you. Thank you, Jesus. I'm just scanning one more. Any, anyone else? Just raise your hand and I'll acknowledge it. There's this one here as well, right here in the front, on the lower part, sitting right at the edge. I see that. You can put your hand down. Thank you. Praise God hallelujah you are so precious to him so so precious to him thank you God there's one hand right here as well in the middle thank you God thank you Jesus you're touching her right now in Jesus name thank you Lord that one touch from you God can change everything Lord that you're doing something wonderful a work of healing oh God thank you for the reality and the nearness and the intimacy that you are showing yourself oh Jesus thank you father Is there anyone else? Oh, His Spirit is moving right now. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, His presence is here. There's such a sweetness of Jesus' presence hovering around the room. Now I'm going to lead in a very simple prayer and I I want all of us to join uh, the people who have just raised their hands uh, in in support together with them right now. And we're gonna say this simple prayer, all right? And those of you who raise your hands, just say this out loud as well. In Jesus' name, thank you, Lord. If you raise your hands, just go ahead, join us in this prayer. Say, dear Jesus, I hear your call. I know you're with me right now. Jesus, I'm responding to you. I open my heart to you. I open my hands representing my life, my past, my present and my future. I believe in You, Jesus. Let Your grace come into my life right now. Cover my life, even as I step into a new future in You. Help me, O God, to walk this life in Your goodness, in Your grace, grace. for Your glory, glory. in Jesus' Name, name. Amen. Amen. Come on, can we just give a big hand for our brothers and sisters? Welcome them into the family of God today. Heaven rejoices! Hallelujah! Come on! It's a great day! Amen! You know what, I want to do just one more thing. Can we do one more thing? I believe that God is calling us to response and I want us to do just a a prophetic act of response. I feel that today, you know what, that God is calling us to a fresh surrender. And you know, if you're comfortable where you are, I'd like you to stand to your feet and just begin to open your hands you know, as a sign of surrender. And in our hands is that life that we have, our past, our present, our future. And today what we're doing is really we're saying, God, you know, you have our lives in your hands. Today, as we begin to raise our hands to you, oh God, you take it. We surrender, and as we surrender, we're walking in victory, we're walking in life. Lord, in our hands are our family, our finances, our health, our work, our past, our present, and our future. And Lord, as we open our hands, Lord, we want to pursue You with all we've got right now. Thank You, Lord. I want to say a prayer for every single person right now. God, You see our hands and You see our hearts. Father, Lord, for every single person as we begin to respond to you. Respond to your word today, God. I pray that you will truly draw us to a place of deeper intimacy with you, Lord. Lord, I pray, Lord, for our open eyes and open spiritual ears oh God. And this will be a season of greater awareness of the nearness of God and the reality of God in our lives, Lord, big and small. Lord, Father, as we begin to surrender and lift up our lives to you, Father God, I pray for your healing and your restoration for God those who are in need right now those who are in need of a breakthrough in Jesus name Lord as we surrender Lord we begin to declare your victory in our lives in Jesus name because there is grace that is opened up by Jesus and so Lord we thank you that you are good you are good God and we praise you and give you glory in Jesus name will all God's people say Amen, come on, give God praise today.